In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Lihaadhi dunya wa basin saani So I had the honor of um, speaking to uh, Adil in our last podcast. Um, and I think I really I enjoyed that conversation for various amounts of reasons. Um, and, you know, my friend here, Farhan, you also got to listen to um, that conversation. So I guess really we wanted to create a follow-up podcast where we could kind of unpack some of the points that were uh, made because I think those points are important points and I think many of you may be even thinking about those same things. So I thought, well, why not just unpack those points and let's talk more about some of those things amongst each other. Because I think some of those, that conversation gave us a lot of ideas or a lot of doubts, in fact, in my mind, were planted as a result of that conversation where I had more questions, uh, more things that I I knew that, okay, well, now I need to look into this more. I need to find more answers about this. And I think that's the beauty of having some of these conversations is that so many times you're just thinking that every it's a plateau effect in a way. You know, everything is fine. You're, nobody has really rocked the boat. And I think it's helpful that every now and then somebody rocks that boat a little bit. And then you you dive right back into some of the content. You learn new things. And I think that's how growth happens. I think when we had this one podcast with... Um, Shazad, he had talked about, you know, like muscles. Like, you know, when you build muscles, you have to tear muscles a little bit in order for them to rebuild again. And I see that these conversations are kind of like that as well. So I guess I'll just start off by getting your, um, your like, what were your thoughts or feelings after you listened to that podcast? Yeah, uh, Jazakallah for that. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, we are we are trying to um, expand our podcast and uh, and uh, uh, sort of try to go into new territory and 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 try to try to engage our audience. And we know that uh, Adil has listened to our podcast. He's one of the listeners, and um, he wanted to um, uh, talk to us, and we uh, gave him an opportunity. And I think um, both of you had a had a wonderful conversation. Uh, it, it was a good dialogue. I, I obviously I disagree with a lot of things uh, that he he said, but at the same time, this is dialogue and this is an an academic discussion. It's not it's not it's not a debate. It's not something that we are trying to uh, put the other down. We're just trying to uh, understand each other and, and and our perspectives. And I appreciate the fact that uh, this was done and. Uh, uh, we hope that uh, this dialogue continues in the future and it's not just a one-off where we just say what we disagree with and that's it. 
right i mean it's 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 an ongoing discussion and it shouldn't it shouldn't just end uh, at 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 one discussion so uh, adil brought up a few points and i i will not refer to him in person because again this is not a personal it's not uh, about discussion. him right it's about the ideas uh, yeah it's not, it's it's about his ideas and and then the things that he uh, brought up um so so one one thing that that struck me uh, was his idea of secular secular secularization of uh, religion hmm. so he was trying to uh, he was saying that uh, that religion has become secularized and especially he gave the example of 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 Judaism which is a very old religion and uh, it's 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 about 3000 in fact more than 3000 years old and it's uh, it has become secularized now in in the modern age so there is the hope that atheists have that other religions will also become secularized and especially there's this hope about islam because islam is seen as as a religion that is still uh, a bit backward and 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 and, and it will become secularized mm-hmm. through modernity or whatever um the 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 thing i disagree in, in the thing with with which i disagree here is that if we look at the statistics and i've studied those statistics within judaism itself i mean there's it's it's a given that in the last couple of centuries uh judaism has uh, inclined towards secularization there's no doubt um even uh, what what we call as conservative judaism then there's reform judaism these are all attempts in the last 100 years or so to make judaism very compatible with modernity and and in fact i mean it's 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 a, it's a sad reality that a lot of jews who were uh, and we were remembering the holocaust uh, a few days ago a lot of uh, a lot of jews who were killed in the holocaust were actually very well assimilated in the german society uh, they were not like the distinctly other as they, as as some people like i mean yeah they were seen as the other but they were not they were not distinct in their identity they were german in in their identity so it's given that uh, judaism w- has secularized over the last couple of centuries at least but interestingly if you look at the statistics now and pew research has done some work on this if you look at those statistics more and more jews are actually inclining towards orthodox judaism orthodox judaism is actually growing which is the the most uh, you can say non secular uh, version of judaism they are they believe in tradition they believe in the torah they believe in all those traditional concepts so orthodox jews are actually increasing in number mm-hmm. and orthodox i mean just to give you uh, some idea orthodox jews have segregation of sexes for instance uh, men and women don't sit together in in in, uh, in the worship place uh, orthodox jews would tend to avoid shaking hands i mean men would avoid shaking hands with women mm-hmm. uh, so all this is 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 happening and 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 to say to project into the future and say that uh, judaism has become secularized and other religions will also become completely secularized is actually it's 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 not a correct statement because the trends show otherwise especially for 
Judaism, we see that the trends are going the other way. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think what you're saying as well is people are turning towards, I think this essentially is that conversation of uh, postmodernism and modernism that we've had before. That, you know, we had ideas that, you know, there is one fundamental truth. And then people didn't like that idea of having one fundamental truth. And then they leaned towards having multiple truths. And then people realized, well, having multiple truths is also a truth. So now we need to go find a truth. I think people in general tend to go toward, like, go towards order and structure. I think that's something that's innate in us. But then too much order and structure makes us pull back and we want a little bit of chaos. And I think there's something about finding this balance between order, structure, and chaos that we need more of. So I think people will turn towards orthodox or extremism when there is no real thing to really stand on, when there is no real platform that you can just sit on. Um, then they'll turn towards that. But then too much of that will make people say, well, no, now I don't have my freedom. I don't have my individuality. I need to go away from this. And then they'll go towards individuality. And, you know, kind of like a pendulum, we keep swinging back and forth, back and forth. And I think that this is where we're at right now as a, as a society that slowly, I think in the last 20 years or so, we were like, well, let's just, everything is allowed, everything is okay, we're just gonna, you know, it's gonna be a free-for-all in a way. And now I think we're at a cusp or maybe a turning point where people are saying, no, no, we need something solid, something structured, something like much more organized and now we're going to start going back into that but then my fear is is that once we get too far into that we'll want to go back so i guess how do we tackle this pendulum swinging that keeps happening on and on again like i mean uh, do we have to i mean because you know when when you think about it um the whatever religious uh studies i've been able to do so far if you look at um people in the time of Jesus Christ, for instance, they, the, the society was very secular at that time. I mean, yeah, they were religion, quote-unquote, but not in the sense that we have today. I mean, today we have very organized religions. Right. In, 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 right. in, the, in the Greek Empire and then the subsequent Roman Empire, there was no organized religion other than, the, other than Judaism. Judaism was the only right. temple-based uh, religion and, and maybe it was because it was so organized that they conducted some rebellions and Romans had to eventually come in and destroy uh, the city of Jerusalem. Um, right. But the other pagan religions, quote unquote, were not really religion. They were just cults and some uh, rituals were associated with them. But, um, you know, if you wanted something from a certain deity, you would just go and do those rituals and, and that's it. It was just a it was a very secularized. There was no spirituality. What I'm trying to say is that there's no spiritual. There was no spirituality mm -hmm. associated with with those yeah. cults and um, or right. pagan religions. And so, yeah. se secularization at, of societies has always happened. And even if you look at the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, the society that he was born in was very immoral in in numerous ways. There was adultery, and there was uh, drinking alcohol and there was 
uh, very free lifestyle. They didn't even have an organized government. Um, and, 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 you know, even going to the Kaaba, people used to, the pagans used to come to the Kaaba and do the circuits without any clothes on. Um, and, and, right. and so it, it, was, it was a very um, chaotic society, so to speak, as you just mentioned. Yeah. So secularization mm -hmm. is not something that, oh, we're just finally, oh, we're there now and we're going to become more secular. Secularization right. is something that humanity has experimented with uh, numerous times in the past. Um, yeah. But of course, we're talking about... To me, it's yeah. quite... Yeah. To me, it's quite unclear what secularization really means. Um, I think that, you know, people, you know, we use these words, and I think we've talked about this on this podcast, you know, they're kind of buzzwords. You know, what does it mean to be secularized? Uh, what does it mean uh, to be modern? And all of these things, I think... It's it's quite confusing to me because people talk about progressiveness and you know where who who says that this is progressive or who says that this is secular, and what does that mean? Does secularism you know for example let's take um, uh, intermixing of genders for example, you know why is it that we hold this idea that intermixing of of genders would be um, you know, that's considered conservative and free mixing of genders is secular. Who decided that that is secular and one is traditional? Like, to me, this idea doesn't make sense. I think that when I think of secularism, I think of being cognizant and being aware of the decisions that you're making. I think it's important to make conscious decisions. And that to me is secularization but i think that that's embedded in islamic teachings and that's embedded um within ahmadiyat so i think that's where people have attention with that, that i think when we say that oh these ideas are are part of islam or they're part of ahmadiyat they're part of islam ahmadiyat then people don't really know what to do with that because that hasn't been their experience right right and you know the other thing is that uh, and and i'm trying to sort of switch gears here the other thing that was mentioned is about morality and, yes. you know, and morality, I think, goes hand in hand uh, with the topic at hand anyways, uh, where it was suggested that morality can exist without religion. Again, I, I, mm -hmm. I, we, we've had a discussion about this before and, and right. uh, you know, I've, I've tried to understand the idea of morality existing without religion and I have not been able to find any satisfactory uh, framework when it comes to, for instance, uh, I think people like Sam Harris suggest uh, utilitarianism, but even mm -hmm. utilitarianism falls apart if you if you uh, if you really unpack it and try to because it says that the greater the pleasure, the more moral uh, an act becomes. Like I mean, wherever there is more pleasure and less suffering, that's a good act. I think Sam Harris mentioned mm -hmm. it in one of his debates as well that if an action is uh, creates more happiness and pleasure, uh, that should be done. And if an action creates suffering, uh, that should not be done. But then this, mm -hmm. this whole idea would fall apart when, when in times of war, for instance, in, even in, 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 mm -hmm. in severe cases like rape and gang rape and those kind of things where you would not be able to balance or justify uh, an act, an, a heinous act, just because it's creating mm -hmm. more pleasure. 
right? And yeah. and and so then there is the the whole idea of reason. Use your reason to come up with moral principles, but. But we have failed at right. that. I mean, humanity has been trying to use reason to create moral principles. And uh, right. what have we done? I mean, 60, 70 years ago, we, ha- we created a nuclear bomb. I mean, where was the reason mm. in there? So it's just uh, the, 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 the whole idea, the whole concept of morality existing without religion. It's just uh, as far as I have done my research on this, I have not seen any plausible... Uh, framework for this and right. um, I think there was this debate of Sam Harris that I just uh, listened to a couple of months ago with uh, I think it was Do- Dr. William Lane Craig and they were talking about this it's an interesting debate and uh, I think Dr. Craig was came up with some very solid points when it comes to this where do you find those principles if there is no religion what are, what what holds you to toward to any moral compass whatsoever and there was no right. answer provided to that. Atheism hasn't come up with an answer to that. And I would like to see an answer to that. I, I would like to mm-hmm. explore this. Um, and I'm open-minded right. about this. But so far, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, I, I think this often, this conversation often comes up. And I think I was having this conversation earlier, too, that we often blame things you know we blame capitalism we blame the patriarchy uh we blame religion we 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 keep putting blame on things without really having any sort of alternative and i think that as soon as we don't have an alternative this is kind of the best we've got you know humans have been around for such a long time and we haven't been able to think of an alternative so that lets me know that okay so if we haven't come up with a suitable alternative what does that mean does that mean that there is no other way or you know i think it's it's harmful to adopt something without having a better alternative and i don't think we have a better alternative um to religion yeah Um, usually they say it's science i mean again i'm referring back to sam harris in that debate he was arguing uh, for science and uh, he was, yeah. he was, and and I think Adil was all, also brought this up, um, the belief in in science. But then it's it is a belief, really. I mean, w- w- it was interesting to see that uh, when when the uh, the, uh, the topic of relationships came up, and um, mm-hmm. in the argument was made that well, science will eventually explain this. Um, then mm-hmm. that's your belief that uh, science will explain everything. Um, and you are right. believing in something. So, I mean, if I'm believing in something, then that should not be um, criticized because you are also, right. or atheists are also, uh, believing in something um, in order right. to explain the world around them. Yeah. And I, I think yeah, it's... I, I, think, yes. I, I think science falls short in trying to explain, um, you know, what is your purpose? Um, many, many people, you know, they'll say that your purpose is to find a purpose. And, and, and I don't know if that really, uh, makes sense or if, if that's suitable or not, but, or if that can be something that can be explained, like backed up by science, like exactly from I mean, a scientific it, point of view, is that the best purpose to have to find a purpose? I don't know. Right. I mean, science, science, science is, is not interested in, in, in explaining the purpose of life. I think science explains life itself. But I don't think science has an objective way of determining what the purpose of life is. And, and, right. and it, yeah. you know, it, 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 it ties in with, this, with the topic of um, 
confirmation bias that came up uh, a number of times. And a lot of atheists accuse religion, religious people of having confirmation bias, which is basically that you were conditioned to believe in something and you see everything as confirming your biased beliefs. But then I think uh, the same can be said about science. I mean, those people who are just believing in science, uh, they would be conditioned to reject everything religious because they're just confirming uh, their their belief in science or their belief in, I mean, atheism requires some belief as well. So they will just, they're just confirming that. In fact, you know what, uh, you know, when it comes to bias, I, I haven't been, um, sorry, I, my voice is a bit low today. You know, even when, when it comes to bias, even, you know, I haven't been able to understand this because I think all human beings are always biased. It's very, right. it's, it's, it's probably impossible to not be biased. I mean, if I'm 33 right. years old, I have 33 years of experience in my life. And that has absolutely, definitely made me biased about a lot of things, right. about even the food that I eat. I'm biased about that. The, the way I sit, you know, the way I talk, all these things are, I'm conditioned to do them um, because of my life experiences. And, and the same goes with ideology. The same goes to, like you were trying to say that even a person who leaves Islam Ahmadiyyat will always be Ahmadi in some way. Um, because right, that's, yeah, because it just stays with you. It, it stays with you, right? I mean, there, there's, there's bias um, in that. And I think one final point um, that, that needs to be addressed is about uh, religious people. Um, in fact, I have two points. Uh, about about the family's role in, 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 in teaching religion to their children and what to do if a person, if a family member leaves uh, the religion. And I think these are a couple of right. very important points that, uh, again, this is something you see common with a lot of atheists, that they are trying to grapple what to do with their family uh, when it comes right. to, to the... It's to, a very challenging thing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely very challenging. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, I think when it comes to teaching religion, so for instance, I have I have a couple, I have two daughters, and um, and I'm t teaching my religion to them, but uh, you know, uh, to say that I should not teach anything to them, or to say that I should try to teach, uh, for instance, I I've studied Christianity, so if I start teaching my daughter Christianity and Islam at the same time, I think it would just totally confuse her and in the long run <laughs> yeah it, well i can imagine yeah yeah i mean think about it right i mean the the idea of god the idea of salvation the idea of <clears throat> who was jesus they're they're very conflicting ideas about jesus in christianity mm -hmm. and islam and mm -hmm. for me to try to teach both of these concepts to a five or six years old um it would it would be it would I think it would be harmful in the long run for me to it would create yeah. confusion uh, where you know, children yeah, are looking for you, right. My my idea is that you know you should teach your kids you know you should teach your kids the religion that you believe in, but then also teach them to be open minded to explore certain things. I think you can teach children to be explorative or to always you know gain knowledge or always increase their knowledge 
without really wanting to teach them every religion because you can't do that. You can't teach your child every religion, but you can teach them to always be open-minded, to listen with patience to conflicting ideas, to how to handle ideas that, you know, that don't agree with some of your fundamental beliefs. I think all that stuff, it's better to promote that teaching rather than saying, well, just teach your children everything. You know, the the the, the thing is that... Uh... Um, we are in, blessed in that way because our children are always exposed uh, to a lot of other religions and ideas and atheism and faith or no faith and uh, sec- secular ideas. And, and, and so I think religious parents, what we can expect and what we should expect from them is that they teach their kids to be tolerant of others and they guide yeah. them through the process and say, okay, you are... Uh, this is what your belief is and this is what our belief is but there are other people with other kinds of beliefs and and right. and you should understand that and you should know that so yeah. religious parents can can um ex- can 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 teach their children to be tolerant of of other mm-hmm. religions but to yeah. actually get down to the nitty gritty and and, and tr- teach them everything about other religions is an impossibility, right. and it's 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 only going to create confusion. Um, yeah. And so, uh, exposure to to other faiths is actually a good thing. In at the end of the day, yeah. and yeah. you know, for for the children to uh, to understand those other uh, other cultures and other religions. Um, right. and I, th- I think yeah. Closing off, I think we, we we should also say that you know what should. What should these religious parents do with the pain that they may feel when their children may not agree with those same religions? Because, you know, I think this has been brought up before that, you know, in in early Islam, when people left the religion of their ancestors, they were told, how could you leave the religion of your ancestors? And I think nowadays when, you know, children want to leave the religion of their ancestors, their cycle is just repeating itself. So I guess... What would you say is something that religious parents, how should religious parents handle, you know, when their children just don't want to believe and that they've thought thoroughly about this and they say, you know, we don't agree with this. What do you do? I think there's so much emotion attached to that. Um, You Mm know, uh, the Quran talks about this as well. The Quran talks about how the, the, the Quraysh or those who opposed Islam in the beginning and they used to say, "Oh, these are just fables of the past." I mean, I mean, we don't we don't want to listen to you. These are just old stories that you're just bringing back to us. And you know, the the conversion process, even with the Muslims, the early Muslims, was the same. That they had to leave their family members, they had to leave uh, their their past, and 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 join this new uh, community of Muslims. And even in the house of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Uh, his uncles became some of his severest opponents, uh, and mm-hmm. his uh, his un- one of his uncles, uh, Abu Talib, uh, he took him under his care, and even in the in the times of opposition, he actually supported him. So we mm-hmm. see that fi- family dynamics happening even with the Prophet Muhammad, and how there was this family pressure for him to stop preaching what he was doing. Right. And mm-hmm. from that experience, we can we can come to understand that families should have a tolerant approach to this. 
they shouldn't be ready to get into fights with someone who mm -hmm. has not understood uh, the religion or the, who, right. someone who has not who's not f feeling comfortable or in fact a lot of atheists they would say that or uh, not atheists but those people who become atheists uh, from a religious background they say that they are more more uh, they, they have read more about the religion they have more knowledge about mm -hmm. the religion than the family members so it's right. really you know at the end of the day it comes down to the family members who are who have not done the right amount of research and who have not invested enough time in the religion and now this person who has invested all that time is coming up with all these questions how should they react right i think they should be right. tolerant they should be understanding and they should never give up on having love for that person. I mean, the Ahmadiyya mm -hmm. Muslim motto is love for all, hatred for none. For us to yeah. start hating someone just because they have, uh, they're part of the family and they're leaving the religion, I think that's the wrong mm -hmm. way to do, to, to, to do it. And that's in fact sinful. It should be, mm -hmm. the, the, the love should not go away. You, you can have right. uh, debates even and, and, and discussions about the, the faith, but uh, you should not stop loving the family member who yeah. has done that. Yeah, and I think I think that's important, and I think that that's that's the message that we should be telling other people if and when they are faced with that same situation. Um, any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, the, the, the thing is that uh, this dialogue should should continue. As I said in the beginning, I, uh, this was a wonderful uh, way to do it, that uh, we're talking openly about our, our, our struggles uh, with faith. Faith is never black and white. I mean, a lot of people uh, come to faith and they want to see things black and white. They, things are never black. In fact, in life, things are never uh, black and white. Uh, there is always that gray area and there's always that uh, fluidity in, in, in concepts and there's always that nuance. I've talked about nuance mm -hmm. a number of times in, in recent <laughs> podcasts. And so it's, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, we have to be open-minded. And even right. those people who have left uh, religion, uh, they should stay open-minded. And that confirmation bias that they say uh, religious people have, it shouldn't be that those who have become atheists, that they start having a confirmation bias of their own. They should just mm -hmm. uh, be open-minded. And we are open-minded. I'm always studying religion. I'm always open to different kinds of books. Um, even off-air uh, with you as well, I always have this discussion of these other kinds of books that mm -hmm. I want to read to see what other people's perspectives right. are. Um, and, mm -hmm. and especially with Christianity, I've actually invested a significant amount of time to study and understand it from their perspective, not from from mm -hmm. Islamic perspective, but from a Christian perspective. So it should be that we are open minded and we continue to be open minded and not uh, right. start judging others for who they are. Right. And, and you know, I think we, we always tie it back to Islam. And I think that Islam says, Rabbi Zidni Ilma, like, oh, Allah, increase my knowledge. So how can the knowledge just be you know one way and not be conflicting with each other or not be different from the knowledge that you know you were brought up with right um so i think there's there's a huge part of that in there as well um i think the, these are conversations that we can continue to have i think there's still more to unpack that we'll probably 
unpack slowly. And I think, you know, if you listen to it or if you listen to the previous podcast or if you listen to this podcast and you have more questions, uh, please do send them out to us at theconvictionproject at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theconvictionproject.com. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our uh, our team behind the scenes that is working hard uh, to get this podcast to you. And uh, once again, this is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Salli ala nabina, salli ala Muhammadin, salli ala habibina, 